0: Just before we get into the message today, I I want us as a church to pray over our neighbors to the south, and we'll pray for them as we um, pray over this message. But also, I want to let you know that as a church, we are also looking for ways that we can help. And so uh, Bridge Van Roy and her husband has a ministry, Global Missions, and they are going down Tuesday, taking a truck they've already been down a couple of times, but taking a truckload of food and water, and we're gonna give to them to help load them up with food. And so here is a church, we're gonna reach out to our neighbors in the south. We are gonna pray for them, but we're gonna pray and then we're gonna give. We're gonna look for other opportunities. I have some other contacts down there too. So we are watching and making sure that that we uh, uh, extend our hand and spread the love of God down there while we're grateful that all of us survived. Well, I know many of you checked in on Facebook. Thank you for doing that. Uh, our system, our management system was down. So we we're trying to send out text to you guys, checking on you, emails, and it was just completely down. And, you know, I told the staff, don't they know we're going through a hurricane? Tell them to get that management system up. But we prayed for you, and then as soon as we can, we reached out to you. Because every one of you matter to us. Just know in situations like that, we are here from you, and we will do the best we can. But let's just pray. As we pray over this message today, could we all also pray over those people that today are waking up to a reality that is so different than just three, four days ago. Let's just reach out to them. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for guarding us. And Lord, we also thank you for providing for those that this storm brought such devastation. Lord, I thank you that you will turn things around for them. You will watch over workers and you will bless the works of their hands as they help get people back on track. You'll help our government provide what they need to govern to, to provide what they need to provide that things would flow smoothly. And most of all, Lord, we speak your peace to those that are suffering, hurting, and broken right now. Thank you for helping us to reach out to them, sending others. But Holy Spirit, you work as only you can work. And then, Lord, today as we continue in this series, the return of the King, Lord, work work in us so that we are so aware of the times that we live in. Give us your wisdom, then also your grace to seize the opportunities that we have before us as the church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's get into this series again, the return of the king. And so go with me, if you will, we're, we're going to do part two of signs of the times, but I want to start again by going back to the book of Thessalonians, first Thessalonians chapter four, starting with verse 16. And let's just read about the return of Jesus, what the, how the scriptures define it. This is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, and here's what he says. He says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them... We who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever, so encourage each other with these words. Now that passage there describes the rapture of the church. Now, you may have heard a lot of people say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. It may not be in the Aramaic, which was the original text in which the New Testament was written. It may not be in the English, but it is in the Latin. Uh, It is, if if you study out this word there, caught up. In fact, if you could put that definition, this word caught up is the Greek word harpezo. It literally means to snatch away in the Latin, if you read a Latin Bible, it uses the word rapturo. Thus, we get the term rapture. The word rapture literally means to be caught up, to be snatched up. So that's why we call the return of Jesus the rapture of the church. Now, in the next couple of weeks, I'm also going to give you Scripture, and I'll put it this way. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after after scripture that to me shows that the church will get out of here, be redeemed before the tribulation period. Uh, But we just say this, the rapture is when Jesus snatches us up. Come on. It's going to be quite the ride. In the moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of, of an eye is how Paul described it. And then in Luke 17:34 and 35 Jesus again speaking about this event puts it this way. That night two people will be asleep in one bed, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. When it comes to the rapture, you want to be the one taken. Not the one left. Now I'm going to come back to that word taken in just a moment. That word taken, um, or toward the end of the message today, (coughs) but the word taken literally means to receive to oneself. That means... If I took you, I just received you into relationship. I I brought you to my house. I took your hands and I gathered you in. And so we're going to see that used. But that's that word taken where Jesus literally takes us, receives us unto himself. Now, last week or two weeks ago... Uh, we talked about signs of the time and we looked at the nation of Israel. I want to real quickly review seven signs that we learned about the nation of Israel. Signs that the Bible teaches us literally point to the return of Jesus. I mean, you, know, you better watch the signs. There was two country pastors and they said, you know what, you you think we ought to put a sign up, you know, about people turning around and going the right direction. So they did. And they said, turn around, go the right direction, turn around now, exclamation point. Each of them put it up in their church parking lot to cross from one another. Well, people driving this one guy, and all oh, those old crazy country preachers, they're just talking, you know, they just want me to go to heaven, turn around now. I ain't turning around. And car or after car went by, they said, Do you think we should have put on the signs to bridge out ahead? <laughs> Listen, you better watch the signs. Jesus gave us the signs for a reason. Matthew 24, verse 32, starting with verse 32, here's what Jesus says. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near, right at the door. So he said, wow, when you see the fig tree begin to bud, its leaves begin to sprout. And in scripture, Israel is always a type of the, or the fig tree is always a type of the nation of Israel. And here's what we know. If you want to know the signs of Jesus' return, watch the nation of Israel. Any prophecy teacher that is worth their salt talks about the nation of Israel. But we looked at seven signs, and so I want to quickly go back through them. And these are prophecies that were made, and now we see, and Jesus said, when you see these prophecies happening, when you see this happening to the nation of Israel, know I'm coming back, it's getting close. (coughs) So let's go over the seven of them. Sign number one, Israel becomes a nation again in 1948. And that's Ezekiel 37 said, I'm gonna gather them back from all the nations that I have scattered. Listen, Israel as a nation was scattered. And then on the heels of the Holocaust, God supernaturally gathered Israel back and she became a nation. I could tell you some interesting things about 1,948. Like from Adam to the flood when the flood came which is likened to the return of Christ you know how many years 1,948 from Jesus to the nation of Israel becoming a nation guess how many years 1,948 listen God's already been there done that and he didn't need the t-shirt come on We've got to look at his signs. God said it would happen, and it did. And then not only, sign number two is this, and this is important because it was a prophecy fulfilled. Sign number two is not only is Israel a nation again, but a nation is born in a day. Not only did the prophet Ezekiel say that the nation of Israel who had been scattered everywhere wasn't even a nation, that they would be gathered again. But Isaiah said, it'll be done in a day. And it was in one day, David Gengur and the prime minister stood up and declared in the United Nations, Israel is a nation. That's a sign that his coming is near. Another sign is found in the book of Zechariah number three. It says, Israel has become a cup of staggering to surrounding nations. Now, what do you mean? You see, Zechariah, and I have to kind of put this into context, but Zechariah said that Israel is going to cause her neighbors around her to stagger like drunk people. In other words, be, be doing crazy things. Well, when he said that, Israel wasn't causing anybody to stagger. She was nothing. She was desolate. <laughs> but well before that happened, Zacharias said Israel is become a, become a staggering cup. And do you know what? It's true. Israel's, ever since she became a nation in 1948, her neighbors have staggered at her trying to get to her, sending in suicide bombers. I I mean, there have been more um, uh, resolutions passed against the nation of Israel brought up in the United Nations than any other nation in the world, and yet it's this tiny little nation. She causes her enemies around her to stagger the moment she became a nation six of those gathered against her but she's still a nation and that had to happen for what god has prophesied in revelation to take place, and it did and it is a sign to all of us that jesus is coming back now oh i gotta get through these sorry got to quit preaching. them. I'm going to get through four, five, six, seven real quick. 1967, God gave Israel control of the temple mount. You see, they had control. They were a nation again, but they didn't have control of that temple mount. And in revelation, they will be offering sacrifices on that temple mount. They had to be in control. Jesus said, watch this. When you see Israel gain control of the temple mount, I'm about to come back. Number five, Jerusalem restored as their capital city also in 1967 Israel won back complete control of Jerusalem and until that time or really and, and I'll bring this up at that point Israel because she had control of Jerusalem, said, it. Jerusalem is our capital. But sign number six, in 2018, the United States, followed then by many other nations, recognizes Jerusalem as the capital city. That's major. You see, even though she had control of Jerusalem, and even though Israel said Jerusalem was our capital, other nations did not recognize it. Even the United States had our embassy in Tel Aviv. But in 2018, our president said, We're going to Jerusalem. He did what other presidents had promised they would do. And God said it had to happen. The nations around Israel had to proclaim that Jerusalem was her capital. And then number six. Or no, that was number six. Number seven. A red heifer is born in 2018. And not only red. Not only one. But there are five. And now they're waiting for them to grow. A red heifer has to happen. and It can't even have two white hairs together on their body. And so it's it's really hard to produce this red heifer, and Israel wasn't even interested in producing it. But now, all of a sudden there's been this upswing, we need a red heifer. Why? Because the ashes of a red heifer are needed to purify the temple that is going to be built that's spoken of in the book of Revelation. Seven signs to do with Israel. But let's get on to some more signs that Jesus said concerning his return. I want to go to Matthew chapter 24, starting with verse 3. And it's kind of a lengthy passage, uh, but just hold on with me, because I want to read the whole thing. Matthew 24, verse 3. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. And earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Oh, that's exciting. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Can I just stop right there? I'm going to get into this next week. But here's what I want to say. Don't allow what happened with COVID to let you grow cold. Too many in COVID, got used to not showing up at church, not getting out, staying isolated, thinking, oh, it's okay, I got online. Online, we love you. We are so glad that we can bring this to you. But don't let any of that be an excuse for you to grow cold. Because the enemy would love nothing better than to use anything he can. So don't let anything cause you to grow cold, but this verse thirteen. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes decoration standing in the holy place. Now, that is when the Antichrist uh, goes into the Jerusalem temple, and we won't get to that. But I did read that because I wanted you to note that Jesus mentions Daniel and what Daniel prophesied You cannot get into the end time and the return of Jesus without also going to the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, Daniel is a book of history. It's just historical. You know, the story of Daniel and the lion's den, the story of the three Hebrew children, but then it goes from being historical to being prophetic. Let me just read this one passage, and then I'm going to list four signs. Daniel 12, 4 said this, talking about the end times. or Really, the Lord is saying to this, to Daniel, and Daniel recorded it. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. Now, wow, I read a lot there, but let me break down some things. First of all, Jesus said that the end times, these signs, are like birth pains. Listen, there's been wars, rumors of wars, there's been famines, there's been earthquakes for years. And Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, it's not the end yet. But what he says is, well, what he's teaching us here is he's likening these signs to birth pains, and that is when a woman starts having birth pains, the baby doesn't come immediately, but what you watch for is the frequency and the intensity. You see, that's what we watch for with these signs. We watch for the frequency and the intensity <coughs> of these things, these signs happening. Now, I want to talk about four, I want to bring out four signs from this passage or these two passages one from Jesus one from Daniel the fourth one I'll deal with next week but let me give you all four signs of the time number one the increase of the spreading of the gospel to every nation number two increase in knowledge number three increase in travel and number four increase in wickedness and I'm going to talk about that next week because you don't want to miss next week I'm going to talk about America and where she is but I'm also going to give you great hope for what God's going to do and what he's going to do in the church and how the church is going to become more powerful than she's ever we're going to see some of our greatest days are ahead of us even though wickedness is increasing God's going to increase his grace it's going to increase his goodness I'm, I mean we've got some good days in front of us But let's get to these three signs this morning, because they're signs that Jesus is coming. Number one, an increase of the spreading of the gospel is a sign of Jesus' return. Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. That word nations there is the word ethnos. Now, today, there are approximately <coughs> excuse me, 193 sovereign nations. But Jesus wasn't just talking about separate nations. This word that he uses here is the word ethnos. And what he's talking about is that the gospel would, pre- would be preached to every ethnic group. Do you know there are over 7,000 ethnic groups with separate languages? Well, years ago, you may not know this about your pastor, but years ago, about 30 years ago, I went with Wycliffe Bible translators to Peru. And I taught the missionary kids, and Wycliffe Bible translators are responsible. They're linguists, and they go into remote areas where ethnic groups, a a particular uh, group of people, do not have written communication of their language. They go in, they learn the language, they live there for years, and then they write an alphabet, get written communication, and then they translate the Bible. Preaching the good news of the Bible. So far, Wycliffe, with the help of, well, not just Wycliffe, but now... 3,600 of the 7,000 have written languages. Now, you can still preach to them, but wow, it is increasing. Listen, with the internet, the internet has made possible the spreading of the gospel to all people groups. Never before in the history of the church have we been able to spread the gospel, preach Jesus so efficiently, to so many. <coughs> Even from right here, my son, our oldest son, who works with our media, was telling me a couple weeks back, Mom, we've got somebody from Islamabad, Islam, Pakistan, watching our service on Sunday morning. He said, we got somebody from Brazil, too. I know people from Africa that are watching us. Now, this is just this one church here with our equipment what Jesus said is coming to pass. The gospel is being spread. And with the ability to travel, okay, so people don't have the internet, With the ability to travel, people are going back into uh, remote villages and carrying the gospel to them. What Jesus said would happen. I also want you to see this too. You see the heart of our Father. You see the heart of the Savior. The end won't come until all these people have heard. Wow. Now listen, Jesus said a sign that his return is near is that the gospel, the good news, would be preached through the whole world. It is happening. There is an increase in the spreading of the gospel. Number two, Daniel said there would be an increase of knowledge in the last days. You ready to hear how knowledge has increased? Let me read Daniel twelve four. It says, But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. So he, he's, uh, let's do a match here. He's saying, When the end is near, knowledge will increase. Well, then you just ascertain the more knowledge increases, the closer the end, right? Well, listen to this. In 1900, knowledge doubled every 100 years. By 1995, the rate was every 25 years. Then it jumped to doubling every 13 months. And today, they say knowledge doubles every 24 hours. Now, I would say that would be an increase in knowledge. But can I just tell you this, if that knowledge doesn't line up with the Word of God, a lot of people know a lot of things. Next week, I'm going to get into you. A sign of the time is that people are arrogant intellectually. (laughs) Okay, now listen, a big part of our increase in knowledge has to do with technological advances. We are the first generation that can see how all the prophecies in the book of Revelation can be fulfilled. We can now see it. Let me give you two examples. In the book of Revelation, you've probably heard about this. The two witnesses that God sends to the earth... Bible scholars just guess we don't know for sure but many of them think it'll be Moses and Elijah uh, but they come back and they do miracles throughout the tribulation oh I'm gonna get into the tribulation I'm gonna tell you God is amazing he still loves people even that are left behind I mean he's gonna do this master performance every time the antichrist or the devil does something God just overrides it and all of a sudden angels are preaching the gospel in the sky But you want to watch from heaven okay get a seat in the grandstands but the two witnesses God sends them God does miracles and then revelation said that the beast would overpower them and kill them but it goes on to prophesy that God would resurrect them as the whole world watches Well, when John on the Isle of Patmos wrote this, there was no way that everyone in the world could watch those two witnesses being resurrected. But folks today, the whole world could watch it. The second thing is the mark of the beast. We won't get into that, but the 666. And we can easily see, with all the technological advances we have today, how that you could have one medium of buying and selling. PayPal, Apple Pay. I mean, come on. I'm not saying they're this, the mark of the beast at all. That, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the technology behind them lets them know how easy it would be to determine everybody has to use this or you can't buy or sell. Hmm. Now, I, how oh, I got so much to say here. I just want to say this. How much? Oh, I got ten minutes. Okay, I'm good. I, I want to say this. A friend of ours, Jeff, and I met him, talked to him, talk about technological advances and making it possible for people to see across the world on internet. A friend of ours, Clyde McGee, he's gone on to heaven now. Clyde and Martha. He worked for a division of NASA. And he was an engineer, an engineer, and he was responsible for helping to determine that the satellites were orbiting the earth, but there was, they were missing out. And so what they needed to do is they needed for the satellites to be in their own orbit as they're orbiting around the earth. And they couldn't figure out how that to do it. And Clyde McGee told us personally, you can look it up, look up his name, Clyde McGee, you'll find out he did it. He said, I prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to teach me how to get those things to orbit as we go around. And he said, and God needed that to take place for his prophecy. So he helped me figure it out with our team. Wow. Come on. Increase in travel. Oh, I gotta, okay, increase in travel. Let me just say this. Years ago, we we so see much increase in travel. Years ago, I flew from Tampa to Atlanta, Atlanta to South Africa. Uh, And I found out, I looked it up today, it's still the longest flight that Delta Airlines does is from Atlanta to South Africa, Johannesburg, South Africa, and it's just over 17 hours. I was on the plane for 17 hours. But think about it. I could go from Tampa, Florida to Atlanta and be in Johannesburg, Africa in less than 24 hours. I think that would be an increase in travel. Wow, I won't spend a lot of time on that. Now, let me just say this. Daniel actually saw, God gave him 490 years ahead in history. You ready for this? 483 years have already come to pass. The prophecies have already been fulfilled. We've got seven to go. That's the tribulation. It hasn't started. We're in that little sliver there where God's getting ready his church and getting us ready to spread the gospel. Now, sign number four I'll do with next week, but I'm going to close with this today. I want to take you back to the words of Jesus. We looked at these signs, but I want to take you back to the words of Jesus. I just want to speak to you for just a moment. Jesus said this in John 14:1. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Remember I said to not forget that word taken. When Jesus said, I will come and get you, that's that same word taken. I will come and I will receive you to myself. But he said this, just like he told the disciples. The disciples were upset that Jesus was leaving. Today, can I tell you that it's easy sometimes to become a little bit upset or unsettled about the return of Jesus. What does that mean for me? And really, the younger you are, the more unsettling it can be. You know, it's like, the older we are, I'm ready to get out of here. (laughs) But... I will admit there's even sometimes I think, well Lord, I, I, I like to see my family, our sons, you know, experience their life here on Earth. You know if you're young, you'd like you got your whole life in front of you. I don't want the world to end. You know I, I mean, if you've got young kids, I, I want to see our kids grow up. Listen, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And while it may be easy to get trouble, look, look at this, to be troubled or unsettled. This word trouble <laughs> means to strike one's spirit with fear and dread, to render anxious or distressed. And we, we might be tempted to get a little distressed, like, Lord, if all these things are going to happen and these bad things are going to increase. Jesus said, but but now listen, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled about, well, Lord, I want to finish my life here. Sometimes I think, I like being married to Jeff. yet I read in the scripture, it says in heaven, they're neither married nor given in marriage. And I thought, well, I think I'll stay here. (laughs) I like them. But, But now listen, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Because whatever, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Let me just put it this way. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. If we have experienced joy and fulfillment here on earth in relationships, service, accomplishments, anything we experience here would only pale in comparison to what he has prepared for us in heaven. (coughs) so listen if you're young you won't be disappointed you won't miss out on any part of your life heaven God's going to see to it what Jesus has prepared for you is more better than what you would have ever experienced here on this earth come on let's get real sometimes you say hey I, I don't know that I'm ready to go listen as followers of Christ our future is bright we can only begin to imagine what joy, fulfillment, and purpose is waiting for us here and in heaven. Let me read you this final scripture, and I'm going to close. Second Corinthians two nine. It says that is what the scriptures mean when they say, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard." and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. God's spirit within us will share secrets with us, letting us in on some of the good things that are in store for us. Things God, I got a little music going behind me there. (laughs) Things God has prepared for us. Wow. We can't fully take in all that God has planned. There's no reason to be fearful. There's no reason to be anxious. Now listen, trust the Spirit of God to help you overcome any anxiousness or fear you may have about the future God has for you. I'll just say this, we can rest assured that heaven, the place Jesus has prepared for us, will be beyond anything we could ever hope for. Amen. Did you get some out of that today? I pray that you did.